All right, here we are with another episode of the High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. Good afternoon, Sal. Afternoon, Ryan. Hey, we got uh, Josh Linville joining us. Uh, we'll let you tell us where you are uh, momentarily, but he's joining us virtually because uh, you're never in studio. You're always on the move. Where are you today? Well, and this should tell you how much I like you guys. I'm taking time away. Outside, it is 75, 80 degrees. It's sunny. I'm in Orlando, Florida today. Oh, wow. Commodity classic. It was, it was It was more important to be on here than it was to be outside of a pool. Clearly. We, <laughs> we owe you. We'll no send doubt. you a coffee mug. No doubt in my mind. Here you go, John. <laughs> yeah, we've got to mail him. we got to mail him. A, hey, a all mug. right. I'll be watching the mail. There you go. There you go. Hey, Josh, we've changed the format since the last time you were on here, so we're going to start off with the question of the day. And your question of the day, Josh, is, and I'm sure your job is like this anyway, but uh, if your job were like a Major League Baseball game, what would your walkout song be when you entered the office? You're going to start me this way with this tough of a question? <laughs> he probably had yes, a, sir. He probably was on a podium. He probably walked out to a song sometime today. I'm pretty sure with the <laughs> fandom and all of that stuff that goes along with your position that you may already have one of these. I thought it was a gimme. Actually, I'll tell you what. So, recently, I've been on a White Album kick. I've been on a Beatles kick. Nice. My best friend growing up, his mom was a huge Beatles fan. We listened to him all the time, watched the movie, all that stuff. I've been kind of getting back into it. The perfect song I would use today, uh, the one that John Lennon penned when he was on a out and away from uh, Ono and he was exhausted. I'm so tired by the Beatles. <laughs> That's fabulous. That's awesome. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well done. Good backstory. Good, uh, good. Good song. Can't top that. No, absolutely. So, uh, Sal, what do you got? What's your walkout song? I don't know. I was thinking about that, and I was like, uh, my alarm every morning. Of course, you want something that will get you going and get you pumped up. And uh, this will sound canned, but it's always a back in black is one of my alarm songs. And then I've got some old other music by Kiss or something that, you know, shout it or something. But probably back in black. Either that or Dirty Laundry, you know, Don Henley. Yeah, Yeah, that's sure. got a catchy. Sure. Catchy tune coming out. Well, I think mine would be Joe Bonamassa, which nobody probably knows who that is. But uh, he has a song called Driving Towards the Daylight. And as the days get longer, every morning I drive to the east and every evening I drive to the west. And I 100% always drive towards the daylight. The sunglasses like on. Uh, all day. So, yep, absolutely. So, yeah, cool deal. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate you being here, Josh. So, a lot of volatility in your world, in the world of crop nutrients. So, we could either just cue you up with that and let you talk for the next 15 minutes, or we can start feeding you some questions. But uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. We've got projected up acres. We've got projected up yields. We've got fertilizer prices going the other way. What's going on? Yep. And why? And yeah, why? It's, uh, <laughs> why? Why? And tell us how to, Yeah, this how sucker to... is It's all over the place, guys. I mean, it's – and the crazy thing is, is to rewind the clocks 12 months ago, and if I had been on here and said, guys, in 12 months, urea is going to be a third of the price. Potash is going to be a third. You know, UAN, all this other stuff is going to be down. There's no way. No possible way. That's exactly where we are. We are continuing to be in a bearish marketplace. And I'll tell you, the overall sentiment continues to lean that direction. Um, even when you come up with points that are bullish, market participants automatically, yes, but. And with, I mean, it's not even missing a beat. So, you know, everything's kind of got its own story out there, right? Uh, the nitrogen market for us, 
what I've continued to focus on, it's that European natural gas price. August, the last time we spiked, it was $103 an MMBTU. And to put that into reference, it was single digits before that. And that, of course, shut down a lot of their production. And there was no way that price was going back down. You know, winter was coming, demand was high, price was going to stay high. That meant European production was going to be down. That kept world uh, supplies tight. China started to reduce their export volume. Russia was, of course, a big question mark. Well, today, that same price is $13. Wow. China wow. is getting back to exporting. Russia never had problems exporting. So a lot of these things that we thought were going to happen never actually ended up happening. A lot of the things we had a firm idea. And, of course, you know, your UAN and hydrous markets are going to follow urea. Uh, phosphate potash has been struggling to find a price floor just because nobody has a lot of faith in the demand. Inventories are very, very heavy. And I'm telling you guys, something's kind of been worrying me. I'm not a big fan of long-range forecast. I think they're ridiculous. The only thing that is literally less reliable than a long-term forecast is any sort of call that I make on the nitrogen market. <laughs> but if they are to be believed, Colder than normal, wetter than normal. That is not conducive to applications pre-planned. And if we don't get it on pre-planned, that's the bulk of the demand. We're carrying a lot more inventory into the summertime, and that is not a bullish scenario. Yeah. Hmm. What I mean, even was it just the mild winter in Europe? Was that what uh, what brought the natural gas price down? That is probably the biggest and most primary one the market discusses. It was the mild winter, probably one of the warmer winters that they've had on record. However, what's undershot is how much the domestic demand pulled back. People, A, couldn't afford to do it because the price is so much higher, and B, did it for a sense of their Europe, right? They're used to fighting world wars in their backyard. They're used to going through hard times. They scaled back demand. Industrial demand scaled back significantly. And then we figured out how to import a tremendous amount of natural gas from the rest of the marketplace. Wow. Nice. Okay. I mean, we had seen those. I'm, I'm as soon as Josh talked about rolling the clock back a year and, and uh, I mean, we're going into this winter, maybe not a year, but, but uh, six months or so, but going into the winter time at, in Europe, I mean, you saw people with cutting firewood, I mean, other alternative sources of heat. And I guess Josh just said it, they just cut the demand back, which was, I don't think anybody thought they could do. I don't think anybody ever believed they would truly stay at $100 and then maybe to you forever. But it sure looked like it had a lot longer tail than what it did. That sucker got chopped off really quick. So is there uh, logistical issues or anything playing into this? And how much is still left uh, nitrogen-wise? Let's stick with nitrogen for a minute. How much is left to come into this country? And if, uh, if this planning report, you're hearing everything from – 89 million to 95 million bushel or a million bushels of or million acres of uh, corn. Um, what are we short? How much is left to come in? I mean, what are, what is yeah, that telling it, us? And that's the magic question, right? And, and I'm going to say, I'm going to throw out a lot of scenarios here and, and people might be sitting there saying, Oh, good job, Josh. You gave a political, political answer that isn't really an answer, but that's because of where we are in the calendar. So starting with the grains, uh, we had actually, the last time we updated the demand model, we had our corn acres at 93 million. Uh, Arlen Suderman, our chief economist, uh, he's here at the show with me, and I talked to him before I left. He said, I'm, I'm downgrading my number to 91.5 million. That's wow. going to cut the need of nitrogen. Now, two things that could circumvent that, because automatically we're saying, ah, nitrogen demand is down, isn't it? However, cold spring, wet spring. 
It's bad for phosphate. It's bad for potash. It's also bad for anhydrous. So let's say we go through the next two to three weeks and we don't have a very good run. We, we go similar to what we had last spring, one of the worst spring anhydrous applications we've ever seen. Now think of how many tons of urea and how many tons of UAN it takes to make up for the loss of an anhydrous run. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a, that's a last minute situation. That's something we don't know until April. And that could be an oh, and oh, poop. We'll say for the podcast, oh, poop situation. Um, so you, you, guys should should talk some, you should talk some of our other guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to being on TV and radio. I'm like, don't say the other word. Yeah. Don't yeah. say it. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear it, but don't be it. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got, that, you've got that situation that's going on. Uh, urea has continued to be a very low price relative to UA and anhydrous. It's still high price. So I'm not trying to say it's cheap. But it is versus the other alternatives. That could mean a lot more demand that we're not expecting. Um, so ultimately, if we went with our last demand models, we had estimated we need about 5.1 million ton of urea imported into the U.S. to meet our spring demand. Let's just presume that's the same number today. Based on the numbers we know from July 22 through January, which we just got this morning, we still got a little bit over 3 million ton that we need to import. Now, June is a toss month. June is only a couple hundred thousand ton. Hmm. That means you've got very close to 3 million ton that needs to be imported between March, April, and May. Is that physically possible? I mean, to get that much? It it is, but it's going to be tough. And a lot of it's going to go back to how does weather look? Does everybody go at the same time and all of a sudden we're kind of in trouble? Or do we have a drawn out spring where all of a sudden everybody kind of has their time to go? a lot of it always comes back to Mother Nature. Um, you know, fertilizer, one of the big things we always put at the end of our reports, you can put these beautiful, well-thought-out things, but you better end every single one of them with Mother Nature pending. But hmm. the river network, is that fixed for the most part now? The crazy thing about the river, how long ago was it we were talking some of the lowest flows we had ever seen? It wasn't long. You know what the you know, the discussion today? We're at flood stage. <laughs> We are, Why would we, have, we be? Right? Exactly, right? Oh we have some points on the Mississippi River that are at minor flood stage. I kid you not. I looked it up on the NOAA website, and that's exactly where we are. Wow. Wow. So, so I don't, now, go ahead. No, I, was, I was just going to say, look at how many, you know, they're talking a lot of snow coming across, more rain. The north has got a tremendous uh, amount of snow that's sitting on the ground waiting for the spring melt. Having enough water to transit is no longer the storyline. Now it is, do we get too much and struggle to fight against? (laughs) Welcome to agricultural, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it awesome? Yep. Can't unload them. I I know we've we've seen that before. (laughs) The boats are too hot to to get them unloaded. Crazy. I had a, uh, I did a USDA conference a week or two ago, and the lady that went before me talked about how fertilizer is the bridge between the energy sector and the ag sector. And I stood up there, I was like, you know what, I thought that was actually really intelligent. I hadn't heard it that way before. I was like, but we've messed something up. We have got the price risk. We have got the stress. We've got the sleepless nights of the uh, the, uh, energy side. How in the world did we end up getting paid like we're in the ag? (laughs) I don't know. That's a good point. Um, (laughs) Uh, in course with Jeff and Scott and, and what they do on our end, um, you know, with trying to be kind of a, an aggregator of information and trying to make the best decisions. And, and, uh, a farmer, a grower just can't appreciate how many people are just scratching their heads right now. And Josh, what you said about 
pending mother nature um man that has impacted so many things what we what we thought were the right models going uh, as as near as six months ago right yeah absolutely and, and here's the crazy thing yeah you know, a lot of people it's hard enough to see it when the numbers make sense hmm. crazy thing about fertilizer is that sometimes you can be right about every single thing and still end up being wrong Sometimes the emotion of this marketplace takes over. That's where we're at today. I'm looking at some of these urea values. And when I look at it, there's still issues globally that sit there and say we have a much tighter supply than normal. But today, the emotion has taken such a strong hold. You don't dare bet against it. Now, eventually, it will turn. But that just to give you a sense, even when you've got every single thing right, sometimes the opposite happens. That's just fertilizer. Wow. Uh, so what kind of nitrogen uh, fall did we have? I mean, we clearly had a great fall. Did uh, Does that help change anything? And how's it going in Texas and those places that are running already? So in the fall, we we always anticipate, or we anticipate this year, our forecast was we had a 4 million ton anhydrous ag application coming. And we split those evenly. We expected 2 million in the fall, 2 million in the spring. It was a very good fall. We think we ended up around 1.9 million tons, so extremely close to our forecast. That takes out a lot of the pressure from the West and allows more uh, product and logistics and things to be freed up for the East where most of your spring stuff goes. Um, So that was very, very fortunate. And the South has been, how do we explain this best? It has been better than expected, but not normal. There are still parts of the South that are still very dry. It's been very hot, very not very conducive. In fact, I had a farmer swung by the booth today at Commodity Classic, showed me pictures of wheat fields, or at least that's what he said they were because oh. there was no wheat. But the areas where the rains have come through, the farmers have come through and said, okay, we've got some moisture, let's give it a shot. And they are putting on the fertilizer application. So when Mother Nature allows it, the demand pops up. But again, imagine being in that area. No demand, no demand, no demand. It rained overnight. I need everything today. Oh, <laughs> that happens a yeah. lot. Just when you think you got it back. Yes. All right. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, and you see corn, you see corn in rows in Texas. So I assume they're rolling. I mean, they, they, they yep. seem to be rolling well. So. Yeah. So. They're giving it a shot. Like I said, if they've got moisture, they're going to give it a go. They, we've got December 23 corn prices, right? We were a couple of weeks ago or weeks ago, five ninety five. Today, that number is closer. I think the last I looked at it was like five fifty-five. We've given up forty cents within like two to three weeks. But and then from a farmer's perspective, that's extremely bearish. That hurts. That's what seventy dollars an acre on average. If you yep. figure one hundred eighty bushels, yep. which is what we're looking at. Well, that's true. But five fifty-five, five sixty is still a very healthy number historically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We just, um, I think, that's what our grain. I think that's what we're talking about in our grain. It's still, it's still a good number. And know your cost, know your production, and uh, lock in some profits. Yep. What else do you have for us? I mean, as far as what's going on in your wacky wild world? What's the sentiment down there yeah. at uh, what's the at the Commodity Classic? What's the overall sentiment down there? Yeah. What's the temperature? Uh, the attendance is really good. Uh, very, very solid attendance. Now, part of that is due to the fact it's Orlando, right? It's very easy to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to go to there. I can write that off for taxes, and we can take a small vacation to the parks, bring the kids, bring the wife. But we're in SeaWorld. I, I mean, right. The right. Yeah, there's SeaWorld. You got Universal. You yeah. got Disney. You got the beaches. I mean, you got everything here. Um, 
But I and I think another part of it is attendance is big because I think people are fairly financially healthy. We've had some fairly good years. We got some money to spend, so it's easier to make these kinds of trips. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's depressed, right? It's it's always hard when you've come from what seven dollar corn is that what we were at at the point, and we've come down to five fifty uh, for nice round numbers. That hurts. That hurts the mentality. But I think deep down, everybody's like, yeah, we knew we weren't going to stay at seven forever. Five fifty is still a pretty darn solid. If we stayed at five fifty forever. No complaints. Yeah, it's a good way to put it, especially with seeing inputs. I, nobody that, inputs turn faster than they normally do on a downturn of a commodity as well. It seems like. I mean, right. usually yeah. that's a that's a year. It seems like it's delayed a year when you yeah. see inputs come down. So, yep. No, it's, I, I didn't have any farmers walk up who were crying. So that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> that's never good. Never good. I tell you, that's, uh, I don't know that I got much else, Ryan. Can you think of anything else we missed? No, I just always appreciate uh, your insight for sure. Getting you, getting you hooked up yeah. this time was good. I think we, we had you scheduled one other time just, uh, just previously and it didn't work out. So well, thank you for taking the time yep. and to I like jump to, out. Yeah. And our listeners, I don't know uh, if you appreciate how busy Josh is and for, uh, we appreciate you carving just a few minutes out of your day and particularly when you're in a warm environment. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You, exactly. know, you notice I have the camera staying on my head because I'm not going to show you my the, swim trunks. The shorts on and flip flops. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, you got anything else for our <laughs> listeners, Josh? Um, one thing I would point out, uh, if you guys have seen me on Twitter, we talk a lot about this whole ratio perspective, right? Yeah. It's the input and the output. And I understand we always want nitrogen prices down. We want phosphate prices, potash prices down. We want corn to be up. We want beans to be up. But, Look at it from a relationship. And I will say the urea prices where they are and the corn prices where they are, these are some of the best values we have seen in the last half decade. Wow. That includes when urea was still another hundred to $150 a ton cheaper than where we're at today. We're really trying to push that because I, I, while we're sitting there painting a very good picture, a bearish picture today, I don't think volatility is gone. Look at what's going on around the world. Russia is doing another offensive in Ukraine. They might cross that thin red line, and all of a sudden we go from light sanctions to Iran-type sanctions that oh, include wow. stopping their fertilizer. Chinese exports, always questionable. Are they going to export or are they not? You never know with them. European natural gas, they were saved because of the warm winter. Well, what happens? We get a few months down the road, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, it's not going to happen again. It's going to be a terrible winter, and demand's going to be through the roof, and all those numbers start jumping up. So I'm not trying to scare anybody. That's not my job. That's not my role. I never want to do that. But volatility, I think, is here to stay to a certain extent. I think the worst times are behind us. But in order to get rid of that volatility, we have to have risk management tools. And I'm not going to push a paper thing or anything like that. That's not my job. I merely say, if we're going to lock up some of that nitrogen, it doesn't hurt to sell some of that forward grain if the numbers make sense. Hedge that piece off and go, you know, well, I don't know what I'm going to raise. Listen, we get to June and that stuff doesn't come up out of the ground. We'll, you know, we'll go back and buy our way out of those contracts. Yeah. You know, there's tools yeah. to get in and get out of these things, and there's different methods. Um, but I just, I, I want to make sure if we have a chance to make money, guys, make the money. Don't don't sit there and look at a positive number and be like, yeah, I want it to be a more positive number, and all of a sudden it turns red. That's good counsel. That's good. Yep. Well, thank you so much. We'll let you get back to uh, whatever festivities you have planned. I, I guess you get to go home tomorrow. I go home tomorrow. I land in Kansas City at midnight. So I was supposed to be here through Saturday, but – 
I've been on the road a lot this winter. Um, it goes all the way through the first week of April, and I finally cried. Uncle said, I want to go home, guys. I want to see my family. My, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my oldest turned 16 Monday, so he's Aww. driving this week. Nice. Yeah, everything else going on. Nice. But, yeah, I, I could spend one more day here, but, nope, I'm going home. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. All right, well, thank you so much, and we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be requesting your presence again down the road. So. Anytime. Thank you so much. Josh, take care. That's another episode of the High Ground Powered by Premier Companies. Thanks, Josh.